This podcast is a part of a series called Across the Water. This was an event that I held in Jackson, Wyoming on October 29th and the 30th of 2022. Across the Water was a two-day immersion experience for women and girls, and it was a remarkable event, which offered an opportunity for women of all ages to gather for healing, connection, and community under the Teton Mountains. The two-day retreat was a sacred women's circle for modern times, and it was encircled by some of our valley's most renowned healers, spiritual guides, and life mentors. At a time when there's so much uncertainty and instability in the world and such widespread isolation and stress, there's no more potent medicine than circling together as women to heal, to support, and uplift each other with a shared intention. I invite you into this space we created through these audio recordings. This was a very ceremonial and sacred space. I hope you're able to gain and grow from these speakers and teachings as much as those who were there in person. It's my honor to share these with you. Welcome across the water. everybody it's almost five o'clock and I'm feeling pressure to get this next session done um Halloween party I know that's on everyone's mind right now what are you gonna wear tonight all right let's get started with all our alternative health panel um we've got four amazing panelists and Lizzie Moran is going to moderate the discussion and so I think it's going to be a really beautiful conversation around what is alternative health and how can we bring more of this into our lives. So without further ado, come on up. Hey, welcome. Um, I'm surrounded by some really incredible women and practitioners and we're going to learn a lot about their practices and how they can provide support and healing. So I'm going to allow them to introduce themselves, if they can do it far better than I can. So maybe if we just start left to right, and we can begin by um, talking about uh, if you can tell us who you are and what you do. Hello, I am Jennifer Hawks. Um, I am a former owner of Simply Health Collected. Collected. Collective. There we go. Uh, I am a naturopathic doctor here in Jackson. I've been in Jackson Hole since 2004. Uh, I started this journey in the holistic health arena in actually quite a while ago. Um, how long do you have me talk? Oh, and what time? like five minutes each. Okay. Yeah. So um, I started my health journey, or I started in the holistic uh, health field um, back when I was 10 years old. I had a sister that was born three and a half months early. And when she was born, um, we had to, I had to learn at a very young age like what heart monitors were, what um, every kind of medical device that could be possibly harnessed to a little baby at that time before she could come home. And so I knew I always wanted to be in the medical field and, and, and provide some sort of you know, loving relationship for people. But it wasn't until she was five years old she started having seizures. And allopathic medicine was not answering to that. Um, Nothing was touching them. And so my parents um, at the time uh, 
found a natural holistic, uh, she was actually an iridologist, um, that was very much outside of the box. That was voodoo medicine back then. And uh, this woman uh, was able to teach my mom how to feed my sister in a specific way and give supplements. And when she did that, lo and behold, my sister stopped having seizures. So I knew, I knew that this was my journey then. But you get out of high school, you go to college, you don't just go into holistic medicine right out of high school. So I did follow the allopathic medicine route um, and I became a certified medical assistant. I moved to Jackson Hole in 2004 and started working with functional medicine. Um, prior to that, I had worked for uh, many years in functional medicine outside of Jackson Hole um, and in oncology. And I did functional medicine here in Jackson Hole for seven years um, with, a, with a doctor that taught me a lot. Um, and then there came a point in our lives that we just uh, had to separate and go our separate ways. And that is when I um, started doing actually iridology. And then I branched out into doing, um, I, I just, I felt like iridology, I don't know if you guys know what iridology is, but it's analyzing the iris to look at predispositions in the body. So it's looking at our blueprint. The problem with that, in my opinion, is that we can look at that, but it's not telling us what's going on with us right this minute. And l let's be real, we all like instant gratification. We wanna know what's going on right now so we can be preventative for that in the future. So I started um, really doing a lot of research and found bioresonance work. Uh, bioresonance work is really looking at the body through a different window and looking at the vibrational patterns happening. So now it's called bioregulatory medicine, which is basically living cell, the functions of living cells, and that's the living cells in our body, and how do we keep them supported and keep the function of our body um, in, the, in that right pattern versus um, being reactive and putting a Band-Aid on things. So we really try, my, my vision and what I do as a naturopath is I'm looking at how do we be preventative in our health and wellness instead of reactive. Um, that's pretty much me. Hi, my name is Sarah Felton. I'm a certified clinical thermographer and the founder of Whole Health Imaging which spe specializes in breast and full body thermography. I operate a mobile screening service, and the purpose of this service is to um, assist in early detection and early intervention um, of disease and abnormalities through a technology known as thermography. Through the American College of Clinical Thermography, I got my certification in 2017. And uh, thermography is a better screening health, sorry, thermography is a health screening tool to better understand your health. Um, it gives you uh, indication of early disease and vascular changes that can alert your doctor that something might be forming. Um, this is done by using a highly specialized camera uh, to measure heat rating off your body. And I'm wondering, I wrote, I kind of wrote out how I got into this, and I don't know, maybe that's a good place to, to actually read it. Although it's, although it's my story and I could, I could totally tell it, I think it's, it does it justice if I, if I read it. <laughs> okay. Okay, 
So due to my own health experiences, I developed a deep passion for finding the source of disease and dysfunction. Hoping to bring this type of technology to my extended community, I purchased the thermographic system in January of 2017. The story behind my business started way back in 2009 when my dedicated journey of self-advocacy bloomed. At the time, I was battling significant health complications driven by Lyme disease in addition to an extensive dental infection. It was a perfect storm for deteriorating health. I was 27 and, to be truly honest, scared at the longevity of my health and wellness. I had seen over 35 doctors, all who agreed that something was off. However, they couldn't pinpoint it. A dear friend and advocate suggested that I use clinical thermography as a way to help give an overall view of my current health status. I was exhausted from covering up my symptoms and I knew I had to find the root cause. I didn't hesitate to schedule this non-invasive scan. With the use of thermography, my doctors were able to find the direct source of location of the infection that was contributing to further health, comp further health complications, is dental pathology. As a result, my preoccupied immune system was close to shutting down. It was these spectrums of colorful images from the thermogram that were telling enough to give us direction for treatment. This required four separate surgeries to clean out the infection and decaying bone in my mouth. Within the month of my last surgery, I was beginning to feel like I was actually living versus just barely surviving. After my own health struggles, I began to realize my direction and commitment to optimal health. I began my mission to better the lives of people. Today, after 12 years of holistic and alternative treatments, my Lyme disease are non-existent. I was sold on alternative therapies. I left the nest of allopathic medicine and invited in a more complementary, balancing way of medicine. I was leaving the boundaries, began empowering myself and allowing myself to question and sometimes challenge the norm. I devoted the next few years of a in the next few years as co-owner of a local wellness clinic, Simply Health, as well as further research and educational practices. Today, I'm a passionate certified clinical thermographer through the American College of Clinical Thermology. Um, I received my level one, and a few years later, I received my level two. I continue to expand my education through personal development, and I'm currently, oh, sorry, next page. <laughs> um, today, oh, I, oh, sorry, this seems to be redundant. <laughs> um, so that, I guess, that, in, that's my health journey, and that's how I found and landed on thermography. It's big on the East Coast, it's big on the West Coast. I was the first one certified in the state of Wyoming, and I continue to make it a mobile service to go to um, other towns throughout Wyoming and the Mountain West to make it more accessible for women in particular um, to use as a, as a breast health screening tool, but also um, to look for disease and dysfunction throughout the body. Um, so we'll just add to who you are, what you do, and how you got into this work. I am Martha Lewis, and I am a functional health coach specializing in helping people with insomnia. And I have been passionate about nutrition and health and wellness for a long time. Um, but I got into sleep because of my own son's sleep struggles. He was a horrible sleeper as an infant. And I ended up hiring a sleep consultant to help me with his sleep, and it made such a difference that I became a sleep consultant to help parents with their baby sleep. And then the ironic thing, though, is that I wasn't sleeping. And 
My insomnia started in late pregnancy, which I figured was just hormones, but it didn't go away even after my son was sleeping through the night, even two years later. And so during that time, I was trying to figure it out. Um, and for me, it, I would try to go to bed early because I was so tired, but it would take me forever to fall asleep. And then I would wake up at three and four in the morning and not be able to go back to sleep until six, which was when my son was waking up. Um, so luckily who I trained with for pediatric sleep also offered an adult sleep certification. So I took that and that was pretty much about habits around sleep and sleep hygiene and a little bit with diet and exercise and mindset. And that helped me for a little bit and then I went through a stressful period in my life and none of those things worked anymore. And so luckily I learned about a program called Functional Diagnostic Nutrition that certifies, um, that I took to get certified in running these lab tests and um, interpreting them and giving recommendations based on those results. And so I found out I had a parasite that I probably had from traveling in Asia 13 years before. Um, I had major hormone imbalance, and I had copper toxicity, I had gluten sensitivity, I have lots of different imbalances in the body. And so now that's what I help my clients with, is I do these tests to find out what's going on, because as I see it, a healthy body sleeps well, right? Like we need sleep, our body should know how to sleep. And so if you can't, there's something going on, and so we can use these, this lab testing to find out what that is. And then I also help with the mental part, the mindset around sleep too, because that's a part of it as well. Um, and so, yeah, so that's how I help people now. And what I'm passionate about is really helping people restore their health as a whole in a very holistic way. I'm an osteopathic physician, and I'm noticing that the commonality among all of us here is that we all got into what we do because ourselves or someone we loved was ill. <laughs> um, in my case, it was, it was my son. But it started with, um, as an osteopathic physician, in the first semester, first winter break, during medical school, we had to do a two-week preceptorship with someone in primary care. And I was spending that break in Boulder, Colorado, and I picked up the phone book and called an osteopathic physician and said, can I spend two weeks with you? And he said, yes, sir. <laughs> I got there, and it turned out that all he was doing was um, homeopathy and cranial sacral manipulation. And my father had been a DO, but he didn't do anything like that. <laughs> so I said, this is weird, but I put in my two weeks. And the friends that I was staying with had a big husky that had been in an altercation with another dog and had a tooth knocked out. And uh, that had been about a month earlier, and still when you patted him around the snout, he'd sneeze about 15 times in a row. And the fellow that I was working with said, oh, he needs some Arnica. Gave me Arnica to take home to the dog, and the dog never sneezed again. And I had to say, well, maybe there's something to this. <laughs> I didn't think much of anything more about it until I'd finished medical school, I'd finished residency in obstetrics and gynecology, and I was waiting to cross the street in Philadelphia one day, and somebody started talking to me about homeopathy out of the blue. And it turned out that he was the uh, dean of the summer school, which was the primary place that you could go to learn it at that point. And uh, so that was probably 1980. 
And uh, <clears throat> so I finally got to a place in my practice where I could go to the first week of summer school and the next year went to the second week of summer school. And the following winter, my son, who was 12 at the time, came downstairs one Sunday morning looking like the state puff marshmallow man and said, hey, mom, my urine's frothy. And I did staked his urine, which was full of protein and some blood, called the pediatrician who said, take him to the emergency room. And um, there he was found to be hypertensive and promptly admitted to the hospital under the care of the pediatric nephrologist there. He was put on fluid restriction and diuretics and antihypertensives, but um, because he was 12, she didn't know whether, she called it nephrotic syndrome. She didn't know whether this was gonna be childhood nephrotic syndrome that resolved spontaneously or whether it was going to be the onset of serious adult renal disease. And so we waited a few days and he wasn't getting any better. And then she did a renal biopsy, which wasn't promising. But she let us go home um, to see whether it would, would resolve. We came back a couple weeks later and nothing had changed. So she said, it's time to start the steroids. And I said, what happens if you don't? And she said, well, it's been the standard treatment for 20 years, we don't know. And I said, give me two more weeks because I had already planned at that point to go to the national convention for the National Center for Homeopathy. And I took him with me. I'd still tear up. <laughs> um, and I, I met up with um, a pediatric, a pediatrician from Georgetown who primarily used homeopathy in her practice. And she came to see him in our hotel room for about 20 minutes. And then she spent about two hours that night talking to me about everything that happened in his life and chose a medicine for him, a homeopathic medicine, uh, but said, don't give it to him now because you're out away from home and he won't tell you whether it's a reaction to his remedy or if uh, it's just can be an unusual circumstance because there's so many of them. So I waited another week before I gave it to him on Friday night. He got up on Saturday morning and without 500 cc's of urine and had normal blood pressure <laughs> and went back to the pediatric nephrologist a week later and had lost 10 pounds in a dream of her and she said, this is a miracle that's anything and he didn't like it. So um, I decided that that had to be my life's work was studying that and learning how to use it for other people. <laughs> so I, I have hundreds, hundreds of, of stories of, of uses and, and examples of treatments in OBGYN as well as in other realms of trauma and that sort of thing. So I can tell you more about homeopathy. I can tell you more about some of the ways that it can work and I can tell you more about how to do it. But that's very much it. <laughs> um, what do you believe makes your method of healing so powerful? Um, in my practice, I believe that it's looking at the body through a different window. Um, you know, we're all individuals. Um, we all have unique pat patterns. We all have unique pathways. And because of that, um, the screening tool that I use is for educational purposes of looking at the body through um, different ways and being able to differentiate between what my body needs and what the person after me needs. Um, for me, um, I 
I believe, you know, it's catching unwanted disease at an early state, ultimately living longer. Um, it's similar to what Jen said, it is looking at the body through a different light. Um, it's looking at vascular and physiological changes that occur when we have something developing or when something might be abnormal. Um, the thermography that I do, it's interpreted by medical doctors and that report is sent back to me. Um, but it's a proactive approach on health and it really, um, I really strive to empower women to take control of their health because I think it's really, really important um, to, to really, I don't want to say challenge the norm, but I think really utilizing thermography as a proactive tool and add it to their health regimen um, I think is, is really powerful. It's the only screening tool that can visualize your pain and inflammation. Inflammation, as we all know, is the precursor to disease. Um, and yeah, again, early detection saves lives. And I think that um, especially with increase of breast cancer, you know, thermography is not a standalone diagnostic. Uh, there is structural screening that's going to be needed at some point, but thermography um, application and use is is to monitor change before something actually develops. Um, and I think that, again, it's just really empowering for women. Yeah, I mean, I love a lot of what we're doing is preventative as well, which is not what the medical model is, <laughs> unfortunately. Um, so yeah, I think what I, what I really appreciate about what I've learned is that it's using science of lab testing, and but then using alternative therapies, supplements, diet, lifestyle, all of those things to help people get healthy again, to help them get back in balance. And so it's really, it's a combination of both um, science and alternative health. And then I also, you know, as part of my practice, I've made it that I really help with the mental part, with mindset, um, with people's thoughts about sleep, about stress, about their lives, because that is going to really have an impact on their health as well. And so I think that you can't really ignore one or the other, and it helps to look at both at the same time. So homeopathy is an entire system of medicine. It was started by Hahnemann in the mid-1700s. Uh, he was a German physician, spoke... 12 languages, had been a chemist before going into medicine, um, but he was discouraged with the medicine of his day and recalled that um, early physicians, Paracelsus, had talked about treating things with opposites or treating things with similars. And he thought that maybe the similar approach needed further investigation, and he began giving substances to a group of gullible friends and then um, a few more. <clears throat> and he conducted what he called provings, where he would give a substance to a group of healthy people and see what happened in reaction to that. <clears throat> Many of the substances that he gave people were toxic, um, but they were highly, highly, highly diluted in order to relieve that toxicity and then see the actual effect of the, the medicine. Um, <clears throat> so he turned that into a system of, of care. Um, homeopathy means similar suffering. Um, and in contrast to conventional medicine, which is suppressive, um, if you think about the names of medications, it's 
many of them start with anti. So we have antibiotics and antidepressants and antispasmodics and anticonvulsants, et cetera, et cetera. The concept of homeopathy is that it respects the body's symptoms as its best attempt at curing itself or restoring itself to um, a healthy state. So fever happens to um, kill off whatever the um, infective agent may be. Diarrhea happens to eliminate it. Um, vomiting help, happens to help eliminate it. All of the symptoms that the body produces are there for a reason in order to help it establish, help it retain its best health. So the concept of homeopathy is that you give a, a tiny, tiny, tiny dose of something that could cause two more symptoms. So you're helping to invoke the body's restorative capabilities in order to help, help it take itself back to health rather than suppressing the symptoms that it's trying to restore. So it's respecting the body's in, inherent attempt to be healthy. Okay. <coughs> Sorry, so I'm gonna start with you next just to switch things up, but that's okay. Sorry? We'll start with you for this next question oh, and okay. head in the other direction. Okay. Um, in your opinion, what are some of the leading contributors of illness in women today? Um, suppressive medications. <laughs> <laughs> Failing to respect what the body needs to do on its own. suppress symptoms, we don't really heal anything. Symptoms go away. So stop that particular something else. Yeah. Well, I would say for anyone, and women too, I think it all comes down to stress. And we think of that as mental stress, which is definitely a part of it. We're all very busy, and women especially have a lot of roles to fill with family and work and everything else. Um, so, it, so there is a lot of that mental stress and then stress is also physical stress that's in the body. And, you know, and then along with other mental stresses or maybe it's spiritual stress of are you fulfilling your life purpose? Are you able to be creative every day like Lee talked about? Um, so yeah, so it just all boils down to we live in this very toxic world and it can be hard to be healthy in this world where there are heavy metals everywhere and pesticides and food and um, <laughs> heavy metals in our water and everything. And so it really takes an effort. You can't just walk into the grocery store and buy what everyone else is buying and, and that's easy and be healthy. So yeah, we just have stress from so many different places and it's a matter of learning how to handle or negate a lot of that stress. I had on my notes because I'm a nervous public speaker, so I, I had my notes to keep me on track, but I had, um, similar to what Martha said, um, you know, your body, I think stress is such a, 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 a moment for all of us. You know, your body doesn't know the difference between negative stress and positive stress. Stress is stress. And I think especially coming off of this pandemic, I think we're all emotionally and mentally burnt out. And I think we're entering this phase of trying to figure that out. It's a different space that I think a lot of us have been in and we're starting to recognize it. But from what I've been seeing and talking with others, um, that people are just tapped out and 
like I said, it's just it's a new space for them to try and navigate and figure out resources and different ways to support themselves. Um, but I, I also had stress. And the other one that I just want to quickly talk about um, are underlying viruses and heavy metals is another one that I had on my notes, um, especially coming off of this pandemic, which I guess you could say we're almost kind of still very much in. Um, we have a lot of viruses, and I think um, COVID, uh, it, it, it stirs up a lot in your place. It, it brings um, to the forefront underlying um, uh, viruses and bacteria. And I think uh, it made us aware of those viruses and bacteria and, and how to deal with them, um, such as, yeah, well, I'll just, I'll just leave it at that so I don't go down the rabbit hole, but. <laughs> well, gee, do you think that maybe stress might be, play a big role in all this? Um, I, uh, I also believe that. I believe that stress plays a huge role in this. Um, the reality is, us as women, we are caregivers, not that men aren't, but we tend to be the last person that we take care of is ourselves. Um, we don't tend to ground ourselves. We're running from place to place to place to place. And even though I don't have kids, I'm still doing the same thing. I'm running from place to place to make sure that this is, a, you know, everything is set in, 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 in how it needs to be. And then you look at the fight or flight responses. You know, we used to have rest and digest. We used to have then just fight or flight. Now we have the freeze zone. I mean, we're all stuck in that that sympathetic nervous system because as Sarah said, you know, our body doesn't recognize the difference between stress from stubbing your toe on the table as you walk out and being in full combat. Um, it's accumulation of these stresses that happen that creates the symptomology. And I think until we literally take a step back and in my office um, at Simply Health, we pull cards all the time. And I pulled a card last week that really still is re resonating with me, and it was joy. And it said, stop and enjoy the moment. And I was like, oh, wow, you know what? I don't. I'm like, what's next? What's next? What's next? What time do I have to get up tomorrow? I have to go to the gym. I have to do this. I have to do that. Make sure that everything's taken care of. And I think that we all find ourselves in this routine, and I think we all need to stop. Like, we're all stopped right now. Like, enjoy this moment together as a community. Um, so I think, um, you know, another thing, I just uh, was at a bioregulatory medical conference last week, and, you know, us as women, when we are told to, that we need to go from point A to point B, we go there as quickly and as, as passionately and as hard as we can. And the reality is, is we need to do it with grace, and we need to slow down. Um, so that was kind of my two points. Yeah. He's like, how are you doing on time? <laughs> um, this next question can be like kind of more organically answered, but riffing off of how what you answered in the previous one, um, stress comes in all different forms. Um, how do each of your either healing modalities and or personal practices address stress? Well, in homeopathy, we have about 1,500 registered medications with the FDA that we have ability to use in our armamentarium. 
And each of those has a sort of therapeutic picture. And that includes mental, emotional symptoms as well as particular sim physical symptoms. So we have a, a lot of choices about what to use. <laughs> and uh, so, for example, Ignatia um, is a good remedy for acute grief. But what's common about in a person who needs Ignatia is that um, they may have difficulty feeling like they've been swallowed. They've got a lump in their throat that won't go away. Um, they may be particularly sensitive to cigarette smoke. There are a whole list of symptoms that sort of typically go along with a person who needs Ignatia, which also happens wonderful for acute grief. Um, and so the mental emotional picture is, is part of the choice of Well, I also use a little bit of homeopathic medicine um, in my practice, but I, I'm i not going to go there because that's what Joseph is talking about. Um, one of the things, not one of, but I'm trying to educate people how to get back to their foundation. So in my practice, I talk a lot about building a home. Um, if a home is broken or the foundation is broken, you cannot put a brand new, you don't want to put a brand new roof on the house because you're eventually gonna have to fix that foundation. So the reality is, is if we go back to our foundational work, which is making sure that the body is eliminating in all different pathways. So making sure that we are truly eliminating, and when I say eliminating, I mean eliminating. Um, because what, you know, the average is two to three bowel movements a day. That's a lot. And when people come and sit in front of me and they say, yeah, I have normal regular bowel movements, I'm like, Okay, well, what's normal and regular for you? They're like, oh, once every five days. I'm like, oh, okay, honey. That's good, but let's get a little bit better. So we have to have that elimination. We have to do breath work. Um, we have to do uh, hydration, making sure that our water, though, comes from a clean source. Because if you're just dumping chlorinated water down your throat, that's not going to get you where you need to be. Um, sleep, so, so, so important. Um, another thing is just moving the lymphatic system. I don't talk about exercise anymore because when I talk about exercise, the standard is that we're all out doing CrossFit and condition classes and running up the mountain as quickly as possible. And that's great for some of us, but the reality is, is if you can stop for 10 minutes and repeat, then that's perfect for you. But if you can't stop for 10 minutes and repeat, you are stressing your body out. So just remember to move. It's not about, like I do think exercise is, is fabulous, obviously, but just that movement piece. Um, so again, back, just think about all the foundational pieces before you start trying to just throw supplements down your throat or before you're, you know, you're, you're spending a lot of money or time doing things that you're not quite ready for. So I think that that's important to, you know, kind of bring yourself back into what, where do you need to start? What's the best place for you as an individual to start? I'm trying to remember what the question was. It's okay. Um, <laughs> we're talking about stress. Um, and so with thermography, it's cool because it's a screening tool that 
um, it, it looks at the sympathetic response and you can't really hide from your sympathetic response, right? It's kind of your fight or fight, um, uh, yeah, stage. And so with thermography, it, it has that ability to tap into that and, and you can't mask it, you can't hide it, that, which is what I love about it is you can't, yeah, you can't hide from it. You, it's, it's, you know, if your thyroid is out of balance, your thyroid's out of balance. With thermography, you know, we're looking at symmetrical features. So if we were to draw a line down the center of the body, what they would see on the right-hand side, they also want to see on the left. And when they see asymmetries, that is cause for a little concern and to keep an eye out on things. Um, but it looks, you know, it scans, you know, we can do half body, we do full bodies, we do breast health, but it's looking at dental pathology, dental inflammation. Um, it's really awesome for women um, when they're using it as a proactive for their breast health regimen, because we look at lymph congestion. Um, so if we have a lot of lymph congestion, I really, really try to coach and encourage women to walk around the house with our bra on, you know, gently jiggling your breasts in the shower, really breaking up that lymphatic congestion, because when we have stagnation, that's when toxics and disease start to form. So we really want to keep that lymph fluid moving. Um, so yeah, like I said, walking around the house without a bra on, jiggling your breasts in the shower, Jump, getting on your reformer, if you guys have a reformer, or jumping jacks, anything to keep some of that lymphatic fluid moving. Um, but with thermography, we're able to see the functionality of every organ. So when that organ is out of that temperature range, it warrants further clinical investigation. So it looks at your spleen and your kidney and your colon. Um, again, we're scanning for inflammation, which is the, which is the first sign of, of disease. I'm going to tap in really quick because I do do a lot of lymphatic stuff, and Sarah and I worked together for so long, and before you go walk around, and before you do your jumping jacks, and before you do all that, make sure you open your left clavicle. The left clavicle is where 75% of your lymph dumps into the bloodstream where your body then eliminates it. So even if you just rub right over that collarbone, literally both sides, but the, lymph or the left side is the most important, then do all that. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> you know, we're all doing it now. Um, yeah, I mean, as far as stress, I think, you know, having some small amount of time to start a day where you're in a calm state, where you're doing nervous system, I don't know, you're in that parasympathetic state is so important because as we've talked about, like, we're go, go, go all the time. And so it's so important, especially now that we do some of those things. So for me, that's, you know, meditation, usually in the morning, um, it's walking in nature, it is getting exercise, not too much exercise, actually, which is hard to say in Jackson Hole. Um, <laughs> I learned that the hard way myself. Um, yeah, so I think it is just taking some time to relax, to be quiet, to be creative, to you know, to tap into that spiritual part of ourselves and also that calm part of ourselves will go a long way. Um, and the final question I have tonight, um, if you could share one practice or ritual with this group that they could implement tomorrow to ensure greater health and vitality, what would it be? Do you want the full, full lymphatic reset? <laughs> <laughs> Whatever you feel called. All right, seriously? Okay, we're all going to do it then. Um, you have a mic? Okay, so I want you all to stand up. <laughs> stand up. <Fantastic>. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Jen. You're welcome.
Okay, mine's kind of short and sweet. But seriously, make sure you drink lots of water because for some people who don't move their lymph system um, regularly, that can be dumping a lot. So uh, we want to flush those out. Um, okay, so my um, motto is, you know, don't wait until you're symptomatic to take your health seriously. Don't wait until you have symptoms. Be proactive, be preventative. There's tools out there, so there's resources out there. There's amazing women in this, in this room and a part of this, you know, a part of Cross the Water. And I think it's really important to tap into our resources um, and really encourage each other, support each other. But again, don't wait until you're symptomatic. Don't wait until you present symptoms to start taking your health seriously. Awesome. Well, this won't come as a surprise, um, but sleep is very important. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, I help people who can't sleep, but so many, I mean, it's estimated a third of the population doesn't get enough sleep a night. And sleep is just, yeah, it's more important than diet and exercise in your health. So don't forget to prioritize your sleep, even if you do sleep well. What they said. <laughs> but when it doesn't work and you do actually become ill for whatever reason, you should have your own little homeopathic medical kit and learn how to use it. My son was headed for chronic renal disease and probably a kidney transplant, but he was cured with 10 cents worth of medicine. Homeopathy is cheap and it's effective and you can learn to use it yourself for yourself, your kids, your dogs, your cats. Works for every living organism. People are looking at treating plants with homeopathy um, and taking care of some of the viruses and fungi that can get on your house plants. Um, I treated my fish <laughs> um, by just putting the remedy in, in their water when they Thank you so much for joining us for this incredible conversation between these healers in Jackson, Wyoming. We hope you have a beautiful day.